A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cut set or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. Uh, joining me, Danny Phillips, your host in the state of the art Hip Hop World Cup studio are Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good, thanks. Good evening, everyone. And James Luskin, aka Larry, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Hello, everyone out there. All our listeners. Um, <laughs> so, we are, this episode, we're looking at 1995, which I think we're all agreed is an immensely strong year, like really, really strong. Uh, so, what are your overall thoughts on 1995 in hip hop? Um, Steve, let's start with you. I mean, it's an incredible year, so many great albums. Ah. Oh. Amazing. I've just so enjoyed just going through listening to, to, to all the albums. Uh, and as we'll find out in a moment, loads of good albums that didn't make the World Cup, which is what the World Cup's all about. Um, but also, like for me, this is one of the years where I think I, I first remember buying hip hop more seriously. So there's, I've got more of that kind of emotional attachment that, that you two got in kind of previous years. So, yeah, looking forward to kind of reminiscing about that as well. Yeah, because we were like 17, so we were proper, like, we'd form yeah. a base, like, we were proper into it, we knew what we liked and stuff well, like that. Well, you say that, but I bought some really dodgy albums in this year. Did you? Yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony? Yeah, I got that. East, East Night Line Eternal. Yeah. Uh, Gangster's Paradise, for my yeah. sins. That was a disappointing album. Yeah. Uh, the, the show soundtrack was just, it was all right. That was yeah, that was ninety five. There were some bangers on there, but not not enough to be no. considered. No, yeah, hundred no. percent. And and how was nineteen ninety five for you, Larry? Yeah, I think this is probably um, like ninety four, ninety five is just the peak of it for me. I think and like ninety five, especially like I had no problem coming up with the top ten at all. Um, which hasn't always been the case with other kind of years that we that we've looked at, um, and yeah, there were quite quite a few albums that, that didn't make it. Um, I think yeah, I think ni- like '95, like you say, like we were probably. I thought '17 was probably a little bit too. Like, didn't we leave school in '95? Was that '94? Uh, that's that was GCSEs. The end of GCSEs, I think it was. Like. Yeah, so so '95, like for me, I'm thinking like last year of school like leaving school, first job, first kind of going out down the pub and stuff like that. So a lot of these kind of albums are just tied into like a good, like a golden period like of my life, I think. And that's why I've got an attachment to, to quite a few of them. Yeah, so many great memories. Yeah, really kind of memorable time in our lives. And this was the soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Great, great time. Um, all right, so let's just, uh, let's just recap the rules and how, how this all works for anyone who is coming at this for the first time. And basically what we've done, we've taken a year from the golden age of hip hop, um, in this case, 1995, and we've whittled it down to the best eight albums from that year. 
um, using a highly scientific method, which is we haven't got enough time to go into right now. But we've got it down to our favourite eight albums from this year. And then what we've done, we put all those albums into a hat and we're going to draw them out um, in the first round and we're going to pit them against each other. There'll be four matches in round one, come out of the hat and obviously the winners will all go through to the semi-final and then through to the grand final in the Maracanã in Brazil, um, 80,000 spectators, probably more, 100,000. Um, massive, massive occasion. So uh, that's how it works. Um, it's going to be a great battle, lots of great albums being pitted against each other. Um, so. Larry, I hope the uh, the true score. I heard there was a software upgrade for true score this this week that came out. Software and and hardware upgrade. I had uh, some new bellows fitted to the um, <laughs> the machine. Um, I got like a really viscous unguent as well to like to rub on some of the parts. So uh, yeah, it's running running in tip tip top tip top condition. It's absolutely purring today and this week. It's been it's been um, been validated by an independent yeah body and. Yeah, it's, it's running quite hot because it's been a tough kind of uh, tough week for it, crunching the numbers. But yeah, it's, it's come out with some interesting figures for us. Interesting. Yeah, Larry, there was some uh, rumours on uh, on the internet that that there was some uh, was it the highest score ever or something? True scores pumped out. There is, yeah. I actually it, it registered a, a four point seven five on the um, wow on the true score scale for one of these albums. History is um, being made as we speak. Save, save that for um, for for later in the contest. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's the highest score yet that, that we've seen. I think that's absolutely incredible. I can't wait to hear what that is. Um, all right, look, uh, boys. I haven't told you about this uh, during the week, but I've actually lined up a very special guest um, for this episode. Um, Joining us live um, after the final to give us his thoughts on the winning album will be Sepp Blatter, ex speaker president. <laughs> um, we've got him on the line. We're just sorting that out now. We're just um, working that out. But yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, he's going to be joining us uh, on the live just after we announce the winner. So that's something to be. Okay, so let's move it's on. A hefty, a hefty fee to get Sepp in, I expect. <laughs> just like his, his well, memory. I don't really want to get into that on on the, on the podcast itself. But yeah, let's let's say I had to. Um, yeah. Uh, re refinance uh, to, to get him on. But is that why you asked me for that money earlier in the week? Oh no, that was something else. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, hope, well, fingers crossed he's going to be joining us. So um, let's move on to the honourable mentions section. Well, before we tell you what, what eight albums made it through, let's just talk about a few of the, uh, briefly about some of the albums that didn't get, uh, didn't make the cut. Uh, Steve, give me a couple of yours that you, you would have liked to have seen that didn't quite make it. Well, yeah, I, I, I am spitting feathers because one of my favourite albums ever didn't even make it into the finals. So, uh, Me Against the World by Tupac, and I, I just think it's an absolute travesty, and I'm going to be, I think, just berating you two all evening about that one. So, such a shame that was not in there. Uh, also, uh, really like the, the Alcoholics album, Coast to Coast. Um, something a bit different, but something that I really enjoyed at the time, and I like going back listening to. Yeah, some great Diamond D beats on that. I remember. I love that. Oh, it's just just classic. And um, and the ODB album, which is a real shame. And I think on that on that album, Brooklyn Zoo is one of my favourite ever tracks. I think ODB is just just incredible. So, so yeah. So I mean, yeah, some big albums there. Why do you think they didn't make the cut? Well. Oh. I don't know really. I think uh, I think you two probably didn't give them a, a hard enough listen to, and uh, some biased against Tupac maybe. 
Interesting. We can talk, we can talk about that off air. Larry, let's have some of your honourable mentions. Yeah, I, I think just kind of to, to respond to that, with ODB, it, what, ODB was on my shortlist. And I think it came in at number, you know, it was number 11, but I didn't want didn't want all three of those Wu-Tang albums on there. And that one to me was, is the weakest, I think. Yeah. Not very, not not by, not by very much. Um, and I just, I just don't have a particularly strong attachment to it. But I can, I can see kind of why it was great that it's not on there. For me, the kind of obvious one um, is um, the nonce. World Ultimate. World Ultimate. Mixtapes. And uh, Rotten Rascals. Um, no, um, the, the the one, the, there's only one really that I'm kind of um, a bit gutted that wasn't in there, and that is um, uh, Living Proof, Group Home. Yeah, let's talk about that album. a Because that is, I mean, that is peak primo. Yeah, uh, it's, I, think it, I think it's the best. I think it's his best kind of work, like as a whole album. Yeah, but I've heard it. I've heard the criticism leveled that the MCs aren't very good. Um, they, well, either not. Like, uh, well, Lil Dab. I, don't, I, I quite like them. I, you know, Lil Dab isn't very isn't very good, but I've got a bit of a soft spot for him anyway. And um, what's the other one called? Mal- Malachi the He's fine. Like, it's, it's not, nothing wrong with him. He's absolutely fine. But the beats are enough to to carry the album. They're just they're just some of his hardest kind of funkiest beats I think so if, they, I don't think he... if they release that as an instrumental album I mean technically it wouldn't qualify would it but I mean that alone would be an awesome album without yeah rap. I mean I, I just like I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the rapping on it mm. personally I think you could definitely make a case for him having used those beats for somebody else like for the more capable rapper but yeah you know. yeah is what it is really um, and then the, the other one which I'm sure you'll co- cover in more detail is uh, is Grand Puba yeah on that subject yeah we've had a bit of controversy this week in the Hip Hop World Cup studio um, there was an album that I believe that a couple of us quite liked uh, Grand Puba's 2000 which is an absolutely phenomenal album um, and for one reason or another it didn't make the eight we won't get into the details but I think I like that album more than some of the ones that did make the eight so yeah I'm a bit gutted about that personally but it is what it is. Um, would it have won? I don't know, but I, I just wanted to mention it. I mean, it's. it's I think it would have done very well. It's Steve, do you just do you just not have a relationship with that album, or do you know it yeah. and not like it? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not one that I that I know, and um, and I did listen to it uh, in retrospect and thought actually, yeah, this is a good album. So. And it's, I think it's better than at least one of the albums that's in our top eight, but it's, it, it wouldn't win. It, it wouldn't win. No. So that makes it all right then. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's the honourable mentions um, out of the way. Um, so, God, there's a couple more that I had. Um, Mike Geronimo's The Natural, which I which I love. There's some brilliant tracks on there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Uh, it's got Master IC on it, which is one of my top 10 tracks, I think. And uh, Nine Lies by Nine, which... Um, oh. Great album. It. Great album, some great stuff, What You Want on there. And the other one I would just mention is the AZ album. Now, while that isn't an end-to-end classic, yeah. new tracks and some of the other ones later yeah. on are incredible. And again, it's got one of my favourite tracks of all time, rather unique on it. Um, yeah. It's lyricism on that track just blows my mind. And I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have expected it to have made it through, but 
you know, it, it's a shame because there's some great stuff on there. But anyway. Just, just shows the strength of this year. It's just, it is a phenomenal year. There's this, the uh, show, show and AG album as well, which is really good. Yeah, good fellas. I mean, that's got some great stuff on it. But, Do you know um, what though? Like for all the good albums there are this year, and like there, there are lots and lots of them. There are no like marquee releases, as far as I'm like. There's no Illmatic oh, yeah. or The Chronic or Nation of Millions or anything like that. They, they just there's loads of solid albums on there. Um, like even the Wu Tang ones, I don't think any of them are really held up. Like maybe like Enter the Wu Tang, no, is is such an album that would kind of count as like a marquee album but I, just, I don't think there are really any this year I don't know if you kind of two go along with that um yeah I mean I would say I think people were really anticipating the Raycorn up well that well if it made it if it made it into it eight that is um <laughs> I think, but I, no I think I think you I think you're right I think there was um there are no standout ones there's no chronics on here you know. No, I, I think it's more of a kind of a, a, a shift in the sound, wasn't it? This is like East Coast starting to kind of dominate with like a more rugged kind of sound moving away yeah. from more of the kind of West Coast uh, jazzy and more of the jazzy stuff. So I think it's more of a shift this year than anything. Yeah, yeah, I'd go along with that. All right, so without further ado, we've got lots to get through. So let's uh, let's talk about the lineup. Let's talk about the albums that did make it. This is the eight. So the eight albums that have gone through to the um, Hip Hop World Cup finals are... Uh, Raekwon's only built for Cuban links. Uh, Smith and Wesson's The Shining. Uh, Dog Food by The Dog Pound. Uh, the Infamous by Mob Deep. Jizz's Liquid Swords. Uh, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous by Big L. Uh, Safe and Sound by DJ Quick. And Sitting on Chrome by Master Ace Incorporated. So that's your eight teams that have gone through. So, so we're going to go over to um, Steve now in our um, for, for the draw for round one in our state-of-the-art studio. Um, he's he's surrounded by green screen technology that's flashing up all the stats and sort of figures about the albums that we're going to be talking about. And it's really really sad that you can't see any of this, but it's, it's stunning stuff. He's cool. it's like it's almost like he's floating in the middle of a massive uh, volume. Um, it's, it's incredible. But um, hopefully, if we ever do a YouTube version, we'll, you can be able to see some of this stuff. And he's also joined by Jeff Hurst um, with him as well, but we don't have the rights to uh, broadcast his voice as well, which is a shame. But he's actually helping Steve pick, pick the balls up. So, um, Bizarre oversight, really, that we didn't get that permission. I know, it's just admin, really, isn't it? Uh, um, so, uh, Jeff and Steve, if you could, um, let's have the first match out of the bag. Okay, Jeff, here we go. Okay. The home team in the first, uh, first round is Dog Food. Hello, okay. Dog Food. It's going to be against. It's a bit of a mismatch. Only built for Cuban links. Okay. Oh, that's, a big one. that's a that's a major match. Uh, okay, so it's East versus West. Um, two massive albums from ninety ninety five. Uh, right. So match one is you, Steve. You're going to go first on this one. So how do you see this match playing out? Well, I, I probably kind of gave away didn't my my uh, my opinion in saying it's a bit of a mismatch. Uh, this probably represents the the best album for me from this year and the worst album in this World Cup uh, for this year. So I start I start if I can with like saying something nice about uh, about about dog food. It's I think it does it does have some like 
it's obviously funky. It's kind of got that West Coast sound. And I do like a couple of tracks on there. Uh, Dog Pound Gangsters, New York, New York, and, and Smooth. I think those those are good tracks. And there's some there's some like funny stuff on there, isn't there? There's some stuff that kind of like it's a bit I don't know juvenile. It's that certainly not one that you want to play with your wife in the room. Um, yeah, yeah. But but you know there's some juvenile stuff, the chronic and on you know yeah. doggy stars. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. But the, that the, is a feature the, of this type of music, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's all I can say about it. And, and I know you two, you two like this album more than I do. So you know, I, I can leave it to you two to kind of probably sing its virtues. But I can talk a lot about uh, Cuban Link because th this is my favourite album ever, and it completely transformed my appreci appreciation of hip hop. You know, I don't think I'd ever heard an album that that played from the start to the finish in the way that this that this that this does. Like the first track, Knuckleheads, and it's like there was there's no chorus. And to me, when I first listened, I thought, hang on, when's when's the chorus going to come? And it, and it and it didn't. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, and for me, this is like pure RZA. He's just like sat in his basement. I don't know. I don't know how he can be this creative. And and then when you kind of couple that with the with the with the rhyming, you know, this is this is obviously built as a Raekwon album, but um, Ghostface Killer is is really it's probably a Ghostface Killer album, isn't it? As much as it's a Raekwon, Raekwon album, and Capadonna is also kind of excellent. Um, and every time I listen to this album, I get something kind of new from it. It's 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 a good long player. It's it's hard to listen to. It's it's there's, but there's just so many great tracks on there as well. Um, and and even I think sometimes if I don't completely understand particularly what Ghostface Killer is rapping about, it's it it just flows so beautifully. They, they, they rap so so well these two together. Um, so f for me, yeah, if I if I could take one album to a desert island, I I could listen to this every day for the rest of my life, and I'd never get tired for it, tired with it. So this will be an easy win for me. Yeah, I think you've uh, nailed your colour to the mast, Steve. Uh, yeah. What what are your thoughts on this on this match? And more importantly, what does True Score have to say about it? But let's. Uh... Well, yeah, this is um, funnily enough, like the, having listened to these albums properly over the last couple of weeks I don't think I thought I liked both of them more than I actually do in reality um, I'll start with Dog Pound um, because you know I'm a like I'm a big death row kind of you know aficionado um, and yeah always had a soft spot for this album but I think it's actually just that it comes down to a few kind of tracks that I really like on it um, those being sort of Let's Play House and I Don't Actually Like Getting Paid, which are two of my most favourite tracks ever. And I, I know, Danny, you kind of feel exactly the same about about those tracks. But, um, yeah, you've got... It kind of... Um, the, the first couple of tracks, like Dog Pound Gangster is really good, Respect is really good. And then it's all quite average up until sort of that run of Big Pimpin' 2 through to I don't actually know about getting paid. Um, and then 
after that, I just found myself kind of skipping through quite a bit, to be honest. Um, and I don't know, I mean, as an actor, I, I really like Daz and Corrupt. And I like everything they contribute to Death Row as a whole. But I think this album, for me, just kind of goes to show how important Dre is in kind of tying everything together. Um, like with this, with um, this album in particular, like Daz produced, I think, all but one track on it. And there are some brilliant tracks on there. And he's produced brilliant tracks for other artists, like Tupac being a, like an obvious example. Um, but I think with this, um, you know, there's always a bit of controversy over who actually produced Doggy Style. Um, like Daz and Warren G claim that they kind of were largely uncredited producers on that album. Um, and Suge Knight said that Dr. Dre didn't produce Doggy Style at all and that Daz and Warren G did it. But he's like a really unreliable kind of biased witness. I don't quite yeah. buy into that, but I think the truth is probably that Daz had like a lot of input into kind of doggy style um and i know but the fact that he was just left to do this one by himself i i just would love to hear like an alternate universe version of this album where dre co-produced it with daz um he mixed just, it didn't he he mixed, he mixed it, it and, you, and you can hear that like it's sonically like impeccable it's the best it's the best kind of sounding album on Death Row up until this point. So, you know, it sounds really, really great. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, the quality control just isn't sort of quite there really, which I, 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 like Dre's obviously like famous for, for like for, like being a perfectionist, not releasing stuff until it's kind of really ready. Um, not always to his credit that he's done that, but that's how he's got so many classics under uh his kind of um under his belt really um so yeah i mean a lot of the production on this is, is just a bit too sparse i think um it's always felt sort of it's got quite a futuristic sound i've always kind of felt that i quite like about it um but yeah i just um there were just not enough good tracks on this when it comes down to it like running it through the old true score machine there's lots of threes on there a couple twos um, there's some really kind of um, like just a couple really like juvenile embarrassing kind of things to listen to on there that I just can't bear to kind of listen to and have to skip through but um, yeah the, the standout tracks on it are absolutely incredible I think I'll just I'll, I'm sure Danny will talk about those so I'll, I'll let him do that but um, yeah that's Playhouse and I don't actually like getting paid are just two of my favourite songs ever think they're incredible um but yeah just overall i was a bit disappointed in in kind of in what i thought about this album really um yeah and um it's a bit of a similar story really with with raekwon no I think, I, yeah i think i'm gonna find it quite difficult to pick between these two i think like i don't i completely like Steve, why you've said all of those things you you said about this album and about Raekwon, I wouldn't begrudge anyone from really loving this. I was kind of thought I did, but I think Raekwon's probably my least favourite Wu Tang rapper. 
Um, I know that's not a very commonly held view at all. Um, I think he'd be quite, he'd be notable enough, like as a solo artist, if the rest of the Wu-Tang didn't exist. But I think all, most of the rest of them, if not all of them, um, are better. Um, I think just kind of um, echoing what you said about Ghostface Killer being like incredible on this. I think if Raekwon had to carry it himself, it wouldn't be half the album it is. Um, there are some incredible standout tracks on there. Like Rainy Days, I Always Loved, like Glasses yeah. of Ice is incredible, Ice Cream. Um, but just for me personally, quite a lot of average plodding kind of stuff as well. Um, like Guillotine and Knowledge Guard, Knucklehead, Spot Rushes are all just a bit, kind of a bit much of a muchness really. There is some absolutely incredible wizard production on there, like Glasses of Ice sounds completely unique like like nothing else i think it, it's rumored to sample like a nez or a game boy game like no one's ever quite picked apart what that sample is but it, it sounds like really really incredible i heard, um, it, I heard have, it was castlevania yeah i, 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 that's I, wrong. I like just trying to look for that information today i don't think anyone's ever really cracked what it is right. like this but the speculation that it's i think castlevania and zelda the most popular theories but someone mm. also said it sounds a little bit like an electric prunes trap which i think is like a david axelrod production yeah. so that would make sense that he would know about that record and sample it um but if it is that it's it's quite heavily processed um and yeah apart from that you know the, the ice cream i absolutely love uh heaven and hell north star criminology all incredible tracks, but they just don't, it just doesn't quite add up to an album that I, that I love, unfortunately. Is there, is there an argument that it could, like, could, could have been tightened up to like a, like a 10, 11 track? I think so. I, I think, I mean, to me, like Ice Water is, is a standout and that kind of, that to me sounds like it could have been on Liquid Swords, which we'll talk about later. And again, like Ghostface Killer steals a show on that one. Um, Ice Cream, another incredible kind of track, but yeah, just I think you're right. It should have been it should have been chopped down a little bit. I think it's what about 17 tracks, something like that. Uh, well, yeah, on the CD it's 18. So yeah, so yeah, a, a bit of editing would have gone a long way here. I think there's also like you've got like like the biters, like little sort of interstitial bit that goes on for Skits, about a minute yeah. and a half and. The skits aren't great on this, whereas like on other Wu Tang albums, Jizzer in particular, we'll talk about like the skits on there are great. But um, yeah, so two albums that I was a bit disappointed in listening back to because I, I thought I loved them both, but yeah, they've actually fallen a bit out of favour. All right, well, jury's still out on that one. It'd be interesting to see which way you swing when yeah. it comes to uh, voting for them. Um, in terms of my um, my thoughts on this one. I mean, it's really hard to compare them, you know, obviously two very, very different sounding albums. Um, I think, let's start with Raekwon, I mean, that, it, I think it's my second favourite Wu-Tang album. Um, uh, there are loads of really, really great tracks on this album. I, I, I do like it a lot, but, you know, I wouldn't have said I'm one of the, um, the biggest Wu-Tang fans um, around, like I was never a Wu-Tang person. You know, I liked them, but I, I was always a fan of the smoothest stuff, so their stuff was very hard, very raw all about the lyrics sort of they could just be rapping over anything Riz is just throwing like really rough raw beats down there it's more about the rapping 
Um, and that was never really me, but I do recognise this is a, a really, really classic album with loads of great stuff on it. I, I, I listened, when I was listening back to it, it really struck me how great Incarcerated Scarface is. It's just really the way it kicks in, the snap of the beat. Um, this is where they come in and the hook's really good as well, you know, um, really memorable hook. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that. And Rainy Days, like you say, Larry, always fascinated me back in the day. That, that was really, really an interesting track, really sloppy, quite messy, chaotic beat. Um, lots of bits coming in and out. You can hear him playing about with the pitch of the sample, the string sample, and moving up and down, yeah. sort of making it play randomly really fast. And and then there's a bit towards the end where he drops the beat out completely down to the sort of bed of effects and he brings it back in again. I think like, yeah. really, really digging into that sort of abstract hip hop hip hop sound there. Really strange. A lot of the a lot of the singing on the album doesn't match the sort of key of the beats, which is yeah. bothers me. I know he was probably going for that, but I, that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Um, and blue blue raspberry on the vocals as well. I wonder what they're doing now. <laughs> but yeah, so there's some great stuff. Glassy Advice, as you mentioned, is a standout. Ice Cream's a standout. Um, I actually really like Get the Tea, and I love that little the little sample that you hear on all the Wu Tang albums that, that features on that one. I think uh, I just heard it a lot by by that point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're used to it, but doesn't you know? I still thought it was quite quite well used on that track, and it was almost just like a beat that just they just rapped over. They they spit on this beat. It could have been anything, you know. It didn't have any link to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a a really good album. Uh, could do could do with being a bit shorter, as Ali said. And obviously, you've got Criminology on there, which is a, is a Stone Cold classic. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do like it. I do like it. I, I was just, ne- just never a Wu Tang guy, so I was kind of always wrestling with that. Um, whereas the Dog Food, Dog Pound album, I kind of, I really like, loved it a lot more back in the day, um, just because I was kind of more of a fan of that 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 Death Row sound, um, Daz's sound um, was just something about it. Was just seemed a lot more kind of exciting and cleaner and crisper to me. Um, and obviously, after the stuff that Daz had done on, you know, uh, uh, the murder was a case soundtrack, like that, that murder was a case soundtrack from '94. That to me is peak Daz. I mean, there's some of his best stuff on there. So after hearing those tracks, um, I was so excited about this album. And when it came out, I was, you know, I, I loved it at the time. But there are a few things I do kind of listening back to it now. Think, like they are essentially they're all they're, they're keyboard beats, um, but not in a kind of a good not in like good way that like Chronic had keyboard beats. They're, they're quite, it's quite a thin sound. I yeah. Thought. Like compared to the Chronic, some of Dre's stuff sounds a, lot, sounds a lot fatter and a bit more rich. Whereas this is a lot of these sounds and the snares and the, and the drums it uses are quite thin and they're quite, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a completely different sound. I can hear the differences between the sound. Like I can quite believe that Dre did produce Doggy Style when you hear it in comparison to this. Um, so yeah, and I think in terms of this one, there are some absolute bangers like um, "Let's Play House." Uh, I quite like um, "Riding Slipping and Sliding" as well. The beat on that is really, really interesting and yeah. funky. Uh, but I agree, it kind of does tail off a bit after "I Don't Like to Dream About Getting Paid," which is a great track. After that, like I'm looking back on it, I can't really remember like how some of them go, even having listened to it recently. So, you know, they're not very... Reality is a really good track. Reality is really, amazing. It's, and it's really long, but it doesn't yeah. have fair as well. Just... Yeah. And I remember, like, I used to love how it just kept playing at the end. The beat just keeps yeah. going and it's it's great. So that brings it back a little bit. But then you've got, like, One by One and So Much Style at the end, which is just... 
they just sort of happen at the end of the album. So yeah, I'm like you, Larry. I I like this less now listening back to it, but I do still remember the impact it had on me at the time, and I I do love it like so much of it. So this is again, this is a hard one for me. I'm like you know, Raekwon is a stone cold classic regarded as. Whereas I've got this sort of personal attachment to dog food, which is going to make it quite tricky for me to vote. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I see it, really. Yeah, I'm yeah. a bit more personally attached to Dog Pound, but yeah, it's it's the old it's the old favourite versus best debate. It's like, what do you go for? But let, 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 let's put it to a vote then. Let's see who's going to win this tie. Steve, let's come back to you. What what are you voting for? I think it's pretty clear, but. Uh... Yeah, you know what? This is World Cup hip hop, and I need to remind you to—you got to put the out the best album through. And I think True Score. I think I know what True Score is going to pick here, and I'm picking Cuban Links. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's that's one vote for Cuban Links, Larry. What are you going for? Um, True Score. There is a True Score winner. There's not. There's like. There's not much in it, but I think I probably would go along with it anyway, and. I feel a bit um, like I'm betraying the dog pound here, but I am going to go for Raycon on this. Okay, so that's well, that's it. That's I mean, that's it. It's um, that's two nil. So that's going through. But let's just uh, go. Yeah, through. I'm interested how you would. Um, yeah. So, well, I, I'm full of surprises today because I've actually developed a system of my own. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. For measuring the uh, sort of the winners. Uh, it's called Real Rank. Oh. And um, got, okay. And I can't go into too much details about how Real Rank works, but on the basis of Real Rank, uh, I am going to vote for Raekwon as well, um, making it a unanimous decision. I just feel its, it's impact is bigger um, on the world of hip hop. I think there's too much about the Pound album now that doesn't quite sit as well with me as it did yeah. then. So yeah, I think I think it's a good good choice. I think the yeah, overall. I think most people would be surprised if Dog Pound won out of those two albums. They they would they would, but we can't bow down to what the sort of general. No, absolutely, but I, I just but I, I just genuinely. I just think we're just like it's a justifiable. Like this is a justifiable result. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so even if, even there, if um, you have relied on some kind of outside um, scoring system that none of us have ratified. Yeah, uh, Danny. Before <laughs> before we move on, the, um, yeah. the, the the listeners won't be able to see in the studio, but I've just seen um, Larry's phone. He's he's just phoned his solicitors. I think there could be a problem with your rival. Uh, I just system don't know here. why you why you why you would go against some um, such a trusted like a tested trusted well, because tested you wouldn't. Method. You wouldn't give me access to the uh, the software, so I had to come up with my own one. I, I've asked you several times, and you, and you keep saying, oh, there's, some, there's some problem, I can't get it's it. A it's a sensitive machine, it's a sensitive piece of equipment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had, no, I had no, no choice but to come up with my own system. I, I, I cannot go into the details of how that works, just like to uh, emphasise that. But um, All right, well, that's your winner then. for the, So match one, uh, round one, match one is uh, Raekwon's only book for Cuban Links is the winner. Raekwon the chef, I think he likes to be called. Raekwon the chef, it's called, it's called, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as it says yeah. on the uh, on the front of the album. So yeah, that's the winner. Come on, y'all, get locked down. Okay, should we move on to 
uh, round one, match two. Over to you, Jeff and Steve in the uh, yeah. World Cup studio. Yeah, Jeff's got the first team out ready, and it's uh, it's Mob Deep, the infamous. Okay, another East Coast classic, and uh, they're going to be going up against. <gasps> oh, lifestyles of the poor and dangerous. Big L. Wow. Interesting. Okay, so that's uh, a very, very interesting matchup there. Um, yeah. Well, let's get straight into it then. Uh, Larry, you're first up on this one. Uh, Big L versus Mob D. Where are we going? Okay. Yeah, Big L, just always, uh, always a big favourite of mine. To be honest, always loved it. As I'm, I'm sure, kind of, mo I'm sure most people have a kind of special place in their heart for it. I was never kind of like the biggest DITC fan. Um, not uh, just mainly because I just, um, I don't know, I just didn't have the kind of, didn't have their albums, didn't really sort of grow up with them. Um, but this, to me, I think is just the pinnacle of DITC production from what I can gather like and with their best rapper by far as well um i think like the production is kind of is formulaic but it's such a such an incredible kind of perfect formula um you know you've got those quite simple gritty 12-bit drums you filter filter stuff down for the verses open the filter up in the in the chorus um you know whack some horn stabs on there as well for the chorus um little kind of snare fills every eight or 16 bars to keep things interesting and uh, you know it's it's really really effective and like like there are some incredible beats on here um like put put it on and mvp are just two of my kind of favorites from this uh, you know opens the album really well no ends no skins is, is great really really cool chorus on there um love the drums um all black brilliant that's a, that's kind of a five out of five on the old um true score system like really sinister kind of loop for a sinister subject matter um danger zone got that really nice kind of descending bass line just really mean sounding kind of ominous um did you, yeah, uh, when, you to, when you went to new york did you go to 139 and lennox i went i i saw i we kind of going through Harlem I saw a sign for Lennox yeah which was quite a thrill yeah there's there's that and I also saw um Linden Boulevard yeah like driving represent, into represent. Manhattan you sort of go past Linden Boulevard yeah, yeah um I don't how about you did you kind of yeah well, to Harlem when you we went did to yeah we went we went a little stroll around Harlem and we went um I, I took a picture of Lennox I think I took a picture of Lennox Avenue one of the yeah for it I think it was 139 in Lennox, but it was, yeah, yeah, which was quite exciting for me at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I was going to say, actually, I, I think he kind of, um, he, he really kind of does Harlem proud on this album as well, because like, at the time, like, Queens was like, it was like Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island were the kind of important places in New York. And he was sort of the, I don't know, like, probably like, maybe not the only kind of Harlem rapper at the time, but certainly like the most prominent one. Um, he's just kind of flawless lyrically. He's got such a kind of engaging style. It's like funny, shocking, you know, brilliant punchlines, technically brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, 
just going back to the beats, I think although it's a great formula and I, I like kind of what they do with them, it does kind of start to wear a little bit towards the end. Like it, it all really does kind of stick to a, to quite a template if you sort of listen to them all um, critically. And um, yeah, by the end, I'm sort of like, yeah, I, I get it now. And I'm ready to sort of move on to listening to Jizzer or something like that by, by that point. Um, but yeah, there's just loads of kind of, you know, four out of fives on this and some five out of fives. Very, you know, there's only a couple that dip down to kind of three. I think sort of eight is enough is probably the weak track of the album. Um, L's verse is good on it, but it's sort of let down a bit by like Herb McGrath and all this kind of other all his kind of like cronies that he kind of brings on, like the, you know, the classic posse cut where they get their mates from, yeah. from the kind of from the hood onto it. That's classic uh, Herb um, McGruff as well. For a bit of credit, like Herb McGruff is probably the best out of out of those. I would have said, but um, and then the graveyard is is kind of a bit. It's kind of the angriest, hardest track on there. But it's also sort of the most simplistic and dull as well. So, um, but yeah, overall, love it. Brilliant album. I, I will I will listen to it forever. I think. All right, cool. What about Mob Deep? Mob Deep is yeah a bit of a different different story, really. I just I never I never kind of I didn't have it at the time for some reason. Um, as with most things, or all of my albums, really, I got them from from you, Danny. And if you didn't take one from me, then I just didn't kind of didn't develop a relationship with it, really. I, I, I knew Shook Ones, Part 2, and Survival of the Fittest at the time, and I, I kind of loved those. So I don't really know why I never kind of bothered to seek the album out. Um, but I've tried to kind of be as objective as possible. Like, on first listen through to it, I just wasn't particularly impressed at all and couldn't really be bothered with it. But um, I've actually kind of warmed to it a little bit, sort of on my kind of second and third listens. What's kind of quite weird is that it's actually really similar in sound to Smith & Wesson. Like on a lot of levels, like it's got the, you know, the two MCs, like really rugged, dark New York, kind of classic New York sounding albums. Uh, and the beats are all kind of cut from a similar cloth. But I don't know, there's just something about the music on here just kind of holds me back from like fully embracing it for some reason. Um, it's kind of um it's hard to explain really but i think like with uh like the big l album and um smith and wesson although they're kind of cut from the same cloth those like those other travels have got horns all over them and this doesn't really have much of of that like the beats are just a bit more kind of a little bit more simplistic a bit but you know there's still dusty bass lines hard drums but it just doesn't have as much of the kind of foil to those elements as the other albums have. It just doesn't hold my interest quite as quite as much. Um, just a lot of the tracks, just a bit more sort of plodding and, and unremarkable to me. Really, just don't don't really stick in my in my memory as much. Um, I don't especially kind of like the rapping on it either. I'm never, never the biggest fan of like Prodigy and Havoc as rappers. Um, it's just all a bit kind of all a bit sort of humorless and cold really like compared to like Big L and Smith and Wesson who tackle similar kind of subject matter but just do it with a bit more aplomb I think um, it's, this is a bit just a bit po-faced I suppose would, would be kind of uh, a summary of it but again like as with Raekwon I just I don't begrudge anyone who would kind of 
rate this as as a, as a firm favourite. Really, it's just not just not one I kind of ever gelled with, and I don't I don't think I kind of really ever could get into it massively either. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those where you kind of you're aware of its place in hip hop. You know how you should feel about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your actual experience of it can differ from person to person. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, mean, I recognise it as an absolute classic, but yeah, uh, like, I, yeah, I, I can really, I can really see why people people love it. But um, yeah, I think I can't even, I can't even really attribute it to coming to it later in life because I didn't really get into like living proof until a few years ago. But I just, I just, I'm fully on board with that, and it's like one of my all time favorites whereas this one yeah i just can't just can't quite get into it unfortunately yeah i hear you yeah i mean so coming on to my thoughts about these two albums i mean so i'll start with big l i mean i i was like i'd heard put it on and i can't even begin to tell you how excited i was for this album coming out uh, back in 95 i put it on was just an absolute monster i loved it so much um and and I think when I when I got the album, it kind of it kind of lived up to what I thought it was going to be, but it didn't. It never blew me away quite as much as I wanted it to. Like I wanted an album of, full of put it ons. I didn't quite get that. Yet yeah, it's amazing, and it, and this album kind of represents the best of the, digging in the crates, like you say, the ITC crew. If you if an alien landed right and said, look, in a really weird first question, said, you know, what what the ditc sound like? You just hand them a copy of this album and go off. You go back to back to your planet. Play them that because this encapsulates their sound so perfectly. It's as you say, like it's the horns, it's the built with bass lines, it's the drums. Lord Finesse, Showbiz, Buckwild, doing what they do best. I think this is an absolutely like I reckon it's probably the best thing in the album as well. Um, I think Big L himself is lyrically incredible, you know, don't get me wrong. I think he's the king of similes and metaphors. I think some of the stuff he comes out with here, just memorable lines um, after memorable line. And I just think it's, yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, standout tracks for me, you've got Put It On, obviously. The album kicks off with that. I think it's such a strong opening, you know, it's just an irresistible track. Um, and I put that in my top 10, I think of all time, like tracks of all time. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But in terms of the other ones, I was looking through it and I was kind of going, well, what are the other standouts? And for me, there's only a couple. It's like Street Struck, uh, which um, is a Lord Finesse beat and it's like really jazzy. It's got some great chords on it. And he does that thing that the Digging in the Crates producers do where they hit the snare three times in a row. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a, so simple. So simple, but I used just to get- ex- There's something exciting about it. Yeah, I used to get so excited every time I heard that and I would rewind these bits over and over again. Yeah. Uh, because I think it just showed somebody was mixing up the formula a little bit, you know. It's, I, just, I loved it, so they do that a lot. Uh, so Street Strikes a standout. Uh, fed up with the BS towards the end, I love, because I love it. It's kind of like a replayed Isley Brothers sample, which which is really irresistible to me. But in between that, like, you know, the Posse Cut I never loved. Uh, the Graveyard, I, I don't know. I think I always went for the jazzy, a kind of more smooth, smoother one. So I didn't like things like The Graveyard and All Black and... Danger Zone. Yeah, well, I love them lyrically. I just, I never really, I didn't love them in the same way that I like put it on or Street Struck, things like that. So while I wouldn't say it was a disappointing album, I didn't really think it lived up to to what I was hoping. And, and coming back to it now, I still kind of get the same feelings. Like, there's, there's a few great tracks on it, but generally it's not, it was never like the album it could have been in my eyes. Yeah. Um, 
and in, in, and also in terms of um, Mob Deep, I like I, I I never had this at the time either. Like I've only recently bought it on CD. Our mutual friend met. This was always his album. Like he loved this yeah. album, loved Mob Deep. So I recorded it off him, and I had it and I listened to it, and I think. Yeah, I, I was on board with it. I, I, I like so many of the um, the tracks on this. What the, the thing that stands out the most about this album is it's so hard. I, mean, I know it's grim and it's really, you know, humorless, but it's also really hard. Like the best part about this album is the snares. The snare jobs are so hard, so crisp, so loud. What they do with the beats on this album is absolutely incredible. And I love the samples they use as well. Like uh, Up North Trip, when that, the sample choice there is just phenomenal. I like those samples that really just have this real kind of instant punch to them when they come in and they get you going uh, coupled with the really strong beat so I love the production on it. the beats are brilliant and right back at you is so hard and so good uh, I think that's got Ghostface on it as well um, but like you say very moody very dark very one note a bit repetitive um, you've got to really love them to be into this album and I just don't think I ever did so while I recognise its place in the hip-hop pantheon I hear that it's a classic and I get it and I get the sort of picture of New York and hip hop they're painting. It just doesn't speak to me in the same way as some other albums. So this is another one I'm gonna find really hard. Like there's two albums I, I, I love, and I like a lot, but I just don't know where I'm gonna go and which one I prefer. So I'm gonna really gonna to have to turn to the real rank system on this one, boys. But um, let's get yeah. Steve's thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, wow. I think this is a really great matchup, and uh, I think you've both kind of summed the albums up really well already. Um, like, and, but so for me personally, um, the infamous is an album that I've that I've liked for 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 a long time. I didn't. I don't think I bought it in '95, but not not long afterwards. Uh, and I just loved its raw and grimy sound, um, and. For, for me, you two might disagree here. Shook One's part two is like, for me, it's like the epitome of, of hip hop that I like. I just yeah. love, I love the beat, rugged, raw, and actually the, for me, like the rapping is like almost perfect. The, the, the way that, the, that they both flow through the whole whole track is amazing. And Prodigy's first verse, I think, is one of the most iconic in, in hip hop. And I think if I ever kind of want to get in a certain like hip hop mind frame, I put Shook One's part two on and I'm just there. I, I think it is, it is incredible. Um, I think yeah, even, even like the very, like just the little bit, like to all the killers and the hundred dollar billers, it is one of the all time yeah. great rap like yeah. lines, I think. If you had to come up, if you had to come up with a top five hip hop tracks of all time, I don't think there's many people that wouldn't mention this. Oh, it, it'd have to, it'd it'd have have to, to be, be there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It, it is, yeah, like I say, it's the epitome of hip, hip, hip hop, particularly hip hop I like, definitely. Uh, but the, um, the the thing that kind of is, is really annoying, it's like, like when you, when you hear, when you hear Sugar's part two, but then you, then you look at, and you watch the video and you see like, like, like Progeny Havoc are actually like really small. And you kind of like start to understand why, they're, why they, their raps are kind of like trying to be so like, I don't know, braggadocious and, and those, the, the prelude to like almost every track is just trying, they're trying to like big themselves up, I think, because they're like, I don't know, I think they've just got some kind of small man syndrome. It's it's, it's weird. But, yeah, I never really bought into that. I never really kind of believed what they were saying. I think that's yeah. one of my issues with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that was an album that, that I really love. And then for, for Big L, the, the Big L, it was like, 
don't know, I, I always liked it, but I, I, I never kind of like thought, oh yeah, it's one of my favorite albums ever. But listening to it over the last week, I actually think it's a really amazing album. And I'm not sure I'd have ever said, like you said, Danny, it, was, it would be like, uh, you know, if you wanted to, to, to play some of the DITC album, I probably wouldn't have suggested that, but but you're, you're right. And um, it, it does have amazing rapping. I think, you know, it's such a shame Big Al isn't still with us because he would have produced some more amazing albums, I'm sure. But I, I think I like all the tracks on there. I do think it's an amazing album. I think the rapping is 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 amazing. It's a shame that he kind of passed away and he's not with us anymore. Uh, not one bad track, in my opinion. They might get a bit samey, but I still enjoy them. And the tracks that I really like are like MVP, Street Struck. I really like The Graveyard. I like that one. Uh, and Let Him Have It L. So this is a it's a really hard tie for me. One I thought, actually, you know what? You know, if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, I'd have said Mob Deep without even like, you know, missing a heartbeat. But now I'm just really not so sure. Having having listened to Big L again, I think it's aged really well as an album. What I've always kind of what's always um, struck me about Street Strike is that I love how he kind of he advises against the street life like in that record and then spends the rest of the album like advocating it like quite fully. <laughs> Yeah. Bit of a um, hypocrite. Not sure. I wonder if he, if he kind of appreciate the irony of that. So I think we're all done on that one. Then we've all given our opinions. Um, so let's put it to the vote. Who's going to win this uh, match number two, Larry? You, I, think, I think I should have the casting vote on this. Yeah, okay. I think so because I, I think you're, I think you're quite confused, Danny, about which way you're going to go on this one. I think Steve. Mm wears his heart on his sleeve probably a bit more of it but i'm not completely sure um now that he's kind of said his piece but i think that might be an interesting way to do it okay well i'll start with this start with me then i'll go first and and, and cast my vote i'm really really i find this really really hard because what i've got is mob deep as an album that i never went came to myself so i kind of came to it secondhand and was never fully into it at the time. But I've got Big L that I did have an attachment to at the time, but I feel there's too many weak tracks on it. So am I gonna go for one that's a really, really strong album um, designated as an all-time classic by the large majority of the hip hop population? Or do I go for one album that has a few great tracks on it that I love, one of which is one of my all-timers? and go for that personal attachment. I, I honestly don't know. But I think I'm gonna to have to defer to my real rank system here and I'm gonna to have to go for what it says and I think I'm gonna go for uh, Big L. I'm gonna go for Big L on this one. Just, I don't know, just for how it makes me feel when I listen to it, if nothing else. I don't get that same vibe from from um, Mob D. So let's go for that. Big L, Steve, you're next. Yeah. I think actually, Danny, I should probably should have left Danny till last. I, I think I, I kind of I came up with that theory before Danny said what he kind of said. I thought yeah. he was gonna <laughs> took away the jeopardy now, but never mind. I thought <laughs> you were gonna be a, I thought you were gonna be a bit more kind of mixed on it, but but actually I think you're a little bit more firm. Yeah, well, I was still mixed. It's just I think it through as I vote sometimes. And yeah. I think that, I think I'm happy with that decision. I think I would be betraying myself if I didn't go for Big L. Yeah, I think I would, put, I, I would be voting for what I think should win rather than what I really feel I want to win. 
let's go let's get come at it from that angle all right steve what are you going for well, i'll tell you actually should i should i give mine then because I, I think actually having listened to steve i don't think he's as clear cut on what he's going to vote for either so oh, i think i think i'm i think for, i think for me it's just obviously big L. I, you know i i do just have always liked that album um completely see the appeal of mob deep but just not quite for me um so i am really interested i, I knew steve was like this is one of his favourites going in, Mobdy. But actually, it sounds like he's um, got a bit more of a challenge on his hands than, than he thought he might have had. Yeah. Okay, so, you're, so yeah. Go on, then. I'm going to choose Big L. And I think the reason is, is just as in kind of previous episodes, I, I kind of like to think, you know, how many good tracks it's got, how many great tracks it's got, the quality of the rapping and the producing and... And uh, and that Mob Deep album is definitely Marmite. I definitely love it, but I think at this moment in time, I'd rather take Big L's album away and listen to it nonstop than than, than Infamous. So so Big L for me. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that's unanimous because um, I know like me and Danny kind of normally agree on things, and quite yeah. often you've kind of missed out on your <laughs> yeah. ones going through. So it, it would have. It, um, it w- would have kind of um, wouldn't have sat quite right if um, you didn't agree with that. So I'm quite I'm quite glad you you go along with that. Yeah, I think I think as I as I talked you through, I think I I think I made the right decision. Um, I, I think I, yeah, as I say, I would betray myself if I if I'd, I'd have put Mob Deep through because that was never my album. But um, cool. So we've got our winner of the of match two. We've been going for an hour, boys. Um, we've, we've <laughs> this is a hard year. It's a hard year. Yeah, this is a hard year. So, um, so there's your there's your first two, three to the semi final. Uh, Raycorn and Big L. We better crack on with the uh, match three. Let's get back over to the uh, the studio with. Um... Is Jeff all right? By the way, he was looking a bit peaky before we um, we well, cut everyone. Is he? I've, I've propped him up. I've, I've popped him on a stool and I've given right. him a, a JD and Coke, and I think he'll be all right. And he's okay to hold the bag. So uh, next out of the hats, thanks, Jeff. It's uh, The Shining by Ooh. Smith and Wesson. Okay, we're going up against. Safe plus sound, DJ Quick. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this is my worst be nightmare. So I realised. My worst I'm, gl- I'm glad. Realized. I'm glad it's kind of fallen like this. I think. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I'm not. No, sorry. You say Smith and Wesson. Yeah, yeah Smith and Wesson and Safe yeah. and Sound. Oh, this, this, is, this, this is this is this is the. I wanted to see this as the final, but <laughs> but this would have been a good final anyway. Right, okay, so uh, round one, match three. It's uh, me first on this one. So DJ Quick and Smith and Wesson. Okay, this is my absolute worst nightmare come true. I absolutely adore both of these albums. Um, you've got a classic on a West Coast versus East Coast matchup again. Um, both great examples of the East Coast and the West Coast sounds. Uh, we're going to start with DJ Quick. Um, bought this in Binary Star in Exeter in 95. I've got a really weird copy of it. It's got a back cover that's got no like, information on it. It's just a picture. It's really weird. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, love this album. Um, what I would say, the thing that strikes me most about this album and always has done is how musical it is. Like DJ Quick is a very musical producer, hip hop producer. Like he really has, he's almost like a jazz sort of R&B producer. He's, um, 
very, very talented. His stuff just has an instant kind of real richness and quality to it. Um, and I think he's described his own sound as being very pretty, which is, I think is really good. Good sound. He says some, often people find his stuff too pretty, which I think is a really good um, yeah. describing it. Um, I, I reckon as a producer, he's as good as Dre. Um, but I think he, his stuff's a little bit more nuanced and a bit more, I think it's more sophisticated than Dr. Dre's stuff. Um, I think it's, there's more to it, but ultimately I think Dre has a better sense of, you know, bang, it's what makes a proper kind of hip hop track. Whereas DJ Quick's a little bit more uh, nuanced and um, jazz orientated, let's say. Um, I, this album for me is, oh, it's my favorite DJ Quick album. Um, it's it's amazing from start to finish. I don't think there's many weak tracks, a couple of weak tracks, or you know, some of the some of the sex tracks are a bit bit hard work. But um, but I think generally, it's a really really strong. Album. I think it's one of the best West Coast albums um, ever made. Uh, I think he was associated with Defro around this time. I know it's on profile, but he started to just dip into the Defro. Thing. Like it's got dollars and cents on it, which was on the Murder Was the Case soundtrack. Um, standout tracks, I think. Well, as I said, they're all good. Um, for me, something for the mood is is my absolute favourite of this this album. I just think it's brilliant. It's really long. It's got flutes. It's got all sorts of synths in it. It's just a really, really great example of musicianship. Um, uh, Get at me, the first track, I believe, it's just comes in really strong, and I love how he's just kind of dissing all his old. Um, sort of campmates. I think it's I think it's aimed at AMG. Uh, get at me. I think he's having a go at AMG. I think AMG did something bad. Really? Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. I think he borrowed something off him and didn't give it back because he'd write a rap about it. But he, he does reference AMG elsewhere in the album, like in a positive Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm confused because he, he mentioned I think he's on it. Bitch better have my money and run and stuff like that. And I think he's having a go at somebody. But I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I, I should probably should have looked into the backstory of that, of that before we did this. But as a track, it's amazing. It's got that cameo sample on it. I think it's Rigor Mortis. Uh, it's such a great opening to an album. Like it really gets you going. And from that, it just, it, I don't think, you know, it's just a complete ride through to the end of the album. So many great tracks on it. Uh, I also love Summer Breeze as well. I just, I always love that one. Let him have it. Um, I just, I, the, the, it's a really, really, really good album from start to finish. I just, I can't really fault it. Um, moving on to um, Smith & Wesson, I think, again, this is, if I had to draw up a top 10 albums of all time, it's in there. Um, so we're, we're dealing with two of my favourite albums of all time. Um, this, again, if those aliens came down and said to you, look, you know, we've, we've heard a bit about these beat miners, um, you know, give us an album to take away that represents their sound. I'd hand them a copy of this and say, look, this is the this is the beat miners. This is this is what they do. Again, it's very much of those jazz samples, the filtered bass lines, but there's a real raw kind of dirtiness to their sound that really, really works. But it's just it's just there's something about the way um, Smith and Wesson they kind of flow on the beat, and it just suits that beat miners style really well. Really gritty, really raw. The flow, the interplay between them is is amazing. Um, uh, in terms of standout tracks, I think um, Hallucination is one of my all-time favourite hip-hop tracks. Love that. Love the Minimum Impotence sample. Uh, and I just love the story they tell in it. Just love the beat. Um, I mean, I think they must use that what noughts, why can't people be colours to break about in, on every single track on this album. Um, they, they, they know their drums and they, they've got certain drums they love. 
Um, so it, sometimes it's a little bit samey, but in, you know, I just I love I love their production style. I love the beats they use. I love the samples they choose. It's got a bit of Black Moon on it, very jazzy, and then and it rounds out the album with PNC Parts in Crime, which has a like a one-way sample on it, and I love that track. I mean, I love the original, but the way they use that sample was just incredible. Um, so for me, this is going to be a really, really, really difficult decision. And I hate you, Steve and Jeff, for pulling this, these two out of the hat against each other. Because it means one of them's got to go home. One of them, one of them's uh, on the plane early. I don't like that at all. So I'm going to sit and mull over it for a bit while I listen to both of you. Um, but uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Steve next on this one. Yeah, I think I feel the same to you, Danny. This is another great matchup. And we know this, is, we, this World Cup was going to be uh, just a, uh, a bloodbath, really. It's... It's so hard to choose between some of these albums. And uh, like you said, East Coast versus West Coast. Uh, the, the DJ Quick album, it's, I don't know. You, I think you two are much, much more familiar with that kind of the technical side of, of uh, things. And, uh, but I, I don't know, I, I kind of even, even I could spot like all the kind of great samples that he, he, he used. And so that kind of like, makes it really kind of enjoyable to listen to it's it is really quite funky and there's so many good tracks on there um and uh and you know two or three classic tracks as well it does i think peter out a little bit towards the end and it, again it's probably not one that you're going to want to play with your wife in the room and he he definitely loves himself, doesn't he? I mean, crikey! And it gets a little bit annoying how much he kind of go, goes on about. Wouldn't it. you though, if you were that good at doing doing music? You'd uh, love it. Yeah, but I think I'd have enough self esteem not to kind of like put it all over the records all the time. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, but great album. Uh, definitely his best album. Um, the Smith and Wesson album. Oh, it's just. It's just, it's just got such a great sound, and I think both of you probably know that I'm, this is this is definitely right, right up my kind of avenue in terms of what I love—the kind of more rough and rugged sound. But I guess also kind of similar to DJ Quick, some amazing choice of samples as well. I definitely don't think there's a bad track on this album, and, and Danny, it's really interesting to hear you say that you put this in your top ten albums of all time. I think I probably, I probably underrated this album. I think this is this is the out of the whole of this World Cup. It's been the one album I've come back to and thought, you know, even more than Big L. What an amazing album this is! And those two classic tracks, Hallucination and PNC, I just think are just on another level. Uh, but yeah, like so many of the good tracks on there, Recognize, Sandboy Burial, Bucktown. Bucktown's amazing as well, isn't it? Stand you've got strong. yeah, you've got. You've got Keep It Moving, Bucktail and Stand Strong all in a row. Stand Strong. And, 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 and the ones either side of that are brilliant as well. So like, but then you get into that run of three, it's like... Well, yeah. home, home Sweet Home's good, Let's Get It On. Oh, it's just, it's just a cracking album. So, yeah. but they're, they're, but because they're almost like, kind of like opposite, they're opposite coast, opposite sounds, it's really hard to choose. It is really hard to choose between them. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bit of time to mull that over while while Larry Larry tells us what he thinks. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised actually, Steve, that you or not surprised, but I I didn't think that 
um, you were so as into like the quick album as me and you're probably not into it as much as me and Danny, but um, it's nice to hear that you do really like it. Yeah, I don't um, think I re- realised how much I liked it until until I gave it another kind of listen, and it was like, yeah, one of those ones that I'd not not that I slept on or anything like that, but I just forgotten that I I liked it. Yeah, I I kind of I I'd like I'd be interested to know sort of how it's regarded in the wider world because in my mind I always kind of think that maybe like me and Danny absolutely love this album but we're like somehow maybe the only people that really rate it I, I, I never really hit see people talking about it particularly. no I don't I think it's a slept on album yeah I mean I've never seen much sort of love for it being celebrated in that way yeah it's odd isn't it but um, I th- with, with both these albums I, I was listening to what you said Danny and was just thinking like these are the exact same things that I've got written down but um I think I'll start with Smith and Wesson, and for me, this is like the obvious kind of pairing for this would have been Mob Deep. Like they're really, really similar albums, as I kind of mentioned earlier. But for me, um, I've always loved this one. It's a really cohesive sounding album. Like thanks, thanks to the Beat Miners. I think a lot of the kind of best albums ever in whatever genre so good because that the songs were all kind of hewn from the same material and that's like really the case here i just kind of like the temp the, the sort of template of their sound like the atmospheric dry dusty hazy kind of um soundscape like when i first started making hip-hop like this was my template for doing it this is what i was trying to kind of mimic and it didn't really occur to me before today, actually, but that track that I sent you both the other day, like that is this album, like all over it. Like it just shows how deep in my kind of subconscious it is that I just make tracks that emulate it without even kind of thinking about it. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of standout tracks for me, like Let, Let's Get It On has got probably my favourite sample ever like that mandrill sample I, I i love the kind of the the track that it samples um after the race is, is really great um the interplay between tech and steel is like is so incredible i think kind of this album is probably my favorite ever example of two rappers like integrating in that way um i think not that i'm like the the biggest like run dmc fan or know their albums well but i'd say they're the only kind of duo that really match up like that kind of level of interplay maybe they're a bit better than smith and wesson but smith and wesson are just absolutely great with it um there are no weak tracks on the album whatsoever i think home sweet home is probably my least favorite track and i don't think it's a particularly inventive way of kind of using that royer's sample it's been done much better um so that the only three out of five for me but there are loads of fives and four out of fives tire of of listening to really i'm, start, I'm um, starting to think we might know which album has got the uh unprecedented 4.75 was it maybe maybe but we'll um i'll, I'll say save that information for for later on i think but um not this one yeah, no I, it, would need more, it would need more it would need more fives yeah Maybe it's it's got fives, it's got fives on it. Definitely, like keep it moving. Oh, Absolutely love, but again, it's just sort of my um my template really. 
um, and it's, it samples Paul McCartney drums, which uh, you don't hear very often in, in hip-hop. Mama Miss America. Uh, Mama Miss America, also used on Common, This Common, Is Me, this I think. This Is Me, yeah. And probably some other stuff. Um, so yeah, absolutely love that album, and yeah, it pains me to have to put it up against DJ Quick, because that's another album I, I'm just absolutely in love with. I actually, like bizarrely, I found it quite difficult to properly gather my thoughts on DJ Quick because like there aren't any standout tracks on the album. They're just all, they're all good. There's like the, the only kind of bit that where it really dips for me is um, like, as alluded to earlier, like let me eat it and can I eat it? Yeah. Just a bit kind of too embarrassing and juvenile to listen to, um, even by yourself. And actually, and can I eat it? It's probably the weakest beat on the album as well yeah um but with that kind of with that negative kind of side out of the way i think i think i'd probably go as far as to say it's i think it's like musically the best hip-hop album ever um a bold statement it's bold yeah i, I think it, it's it's like like you said it's I, like you said it's more of a sort of r&b kind of jazzy thing i yeah. put here that it's more of a kind of soulful funk album basically like there's no boom back to it whatsoever like the complete opposite of um, most of the other albums here, especially like comparing it to, uh, you know, The Shining, like we are here. Um, but yeah, it's just on another level musically, like the musicians, it must have been like a really expensive album to make, I think. Yeah. I think like, I don't know if, um, I haven't got the line notes myself, but like Wikipedia says that it's got like three bass players on there which me, just yeah. kind of says it all like the base work on this like it's just impeccable throughout and it's got Rob um, the bacon on guitar yeah but just just incredible um it's it's kind of like that dr dre method of like of working with musicians taking to its logical conclusion really and you know as much as i love dre i, I just don't think like you said i don't think he's made an album as musically good is this before even though he's kind of a more important producer um to hip-hop i think you know quick is just a, such an unsung hero of the west coast and, and this is the best thing he ever did like like both of you have said um it's just all the little details in there just like listening to it critically today on a, on a good pair of headphones really kind of listening out and there are things like that things i heard today that i've genuinely never heard before and I sort of thought I knew the album inside out but it's just so layered yeah um, and there's little things just like the little the, the, the scratching that it does on it and there's the little in like for, for films and things like that and yeah the way it's all stitched together and, it, and they're going from one to the next and it just flows so well it's just like it's more like a kind of like a parliament album or something like yeah. that obviously really heavily influenced by parliament and kind of you know similar yeah. kind of acts um but he's also got a really good voice, I think. Yeah. I've always loved, like, ever since, like, the first track I heard of his was Tonight, um, which I heard on the old Pete Tom radio show. And I, just, I loved him, but, like, since day one, he's kind of a bit of an easy kind of sound. His voice yeah, is kind of, of high-pitched. Yeah, yeah. High-pitched. Um, but, yeah, a gr great rapper, like, really good lyrical content. Um like the whole album is just so summery as well. Yeah, just, yeah, it's like a very summery. Pure summer album, like yeah. Um, Quick's groove being a, an obvious one, and something for the mood as well. Um, you've also got like the digs at MC8, which are kind of just some of the best diss 
tracks since like the whole Ruth first death row um like episode um yeah like to like, to have two solid tracks in a row like there wasn't sense and that you have it both just aimed squarely at mca yeah. just completely audacious yeah one of the best um, diss tracks of all time yeah yeah Amazing i just stuff. know the time of listening to the album I, I i didn't really kind of realize quite how much i loved it before kind of sitting down today to to kind of review it basically and and it is the 4.75 out of 5 oh, okay so it's that one yeah every like there are like there's like just pretty much everything is a 5 okay well that's this, this is strong this is strong the only only pits like digging you out 4.5 it's your fantasy 4.5 tangere 4 the rest of it i just oh, it's just perfect like the way kind of street level comes back at the end with um like hurrah for the funk, like yeah. the instrumental of that, but with the kind of additional instruments at the end, it's just, um, just love it so much. It's great. All right. Well, let's um, should we move this along then, lads? Let's let's see what let's, let's do our vote. Let's let's um, put it to the vote. I think it's pretty clear what you're going to go for, Larry. I think, um, I think where I, where I'm going to go with this, and I'm going to consult Real Rank on this. Um, Whereas I totally agree with you, Larry, I think DJ Quick is a really, really strong album, like almost perfect in terms of, you know, that West Coast, that musicality. I, I just I just think that um, Smith & Wesson, I I think it's a better hip-hop album. Um, I think it's, it meant more to me back then, I think. Uh, and I just, there are more replayable, but I used to replay those tracks more than I did DJ Quick, even though I love both of these albums. Yeah. So yeah, I think Smith and Wesson's going to get my vote on this one. Um, okay. I have that at the top of my, my ranking system. Um, so yeah, that that's my vote. So that's 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 one for Smith and Wesson. Go on, Larry. You you go and I do the casting one. I think just go. You know, you can. You heard how in kind of you know enthusiastic, enthusiastic I was about this, and it yeah, it is DJ Quick, but it really pains me to not vote for Smith & Wesson. Like, there are not many albums that would beat out Smith & Wesson for me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shocker. It is, like, definitely one of my favourites. It's definitely a favourite New York album, really influential on kind of what I do. But, yeah, I, Quick has just got too many good... It's just... It's a feel-good album, but Smith & Wesson isn't, really. And that's, I think, why I kind of favour it. Yeah, inter- interesting take on that. Yeah, I mean, it's it was, I mean, it's such a difficult choice for me, but um, this is huge now because we've got it comes down to Steve's vote on this one. Um, and this is like you know Brazil Germany in in, in the World Cup finals. A, bit, a big gun's going to have to go out. A big gun is going to have to go, and and that's the beauty of World Cup hip hop, isn't it? That's what I keep saying. So the, yeah, the- absolutely. So for for me, in just, you know, the only way I can decide this, I think, is my p- personal taste. They're two really great albums, uh, really enjoyable, both of them. But my personal tastes are more with Smith and Wesson. I think I prefer the sound of the album. Uh, I think I prefer the tracks. There's some, and I think there's more classic tracks on there. So I'm uh, I'm sorry, Larry. The shining is 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 gonna is gonna score a goal here and. Uh, they're going to go through. Yeah, I don't really, I don't, um, I can't really feel bad about it. Like, I, I love this album as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it, it was another high scorer for me. It's brutal. Yeah, it's, isn't it? This is a brutal. It is brutal. World Cup. 
Absolutely brutal. It's really sad to see DJ, DJ Quick go, but you know, someone had to. This is almost like one of those sort of went out on penalties. It was nil nil all the way through, like a war of attrition. I think, I think, I think, if you put it to a public vote, a hundred random hip hop fans of our kind of, you know, vintage. I think Smith and Weston would probably go through. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to be tearing up the, the seats and stuff and rampaging down. No. You know, you know, down the street. So this this verdict, I think it's it's the right outcome. But one, you know, it's a sad that one of my favourite albums from this year has had to go out at such an early stage. Right, let's get on to the, uh, the, the final match in round one, uh, which is, um, Steve, it's just, uh, just legally we have to now confirm the last match. Um, yeah, yeah, Jeff was getting a bit worried then that he, uh, we paid for him for, for, for four draws, so let's, let's make the most of him. Yeah, so let's, uh, le- let's make it legal. Uh, so he's drawn out uh, Master Race Incorporated, sitting on Chrome, and the genius Jizza Liquid Swords. Hey, well... An interesting matchup, two albums I probably would never have expected to see up against each other in this hip hop World Cup final. But um, <laughs> let's go with you first, Steve, on this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I start with the uh, start with Master Race album. So I think going into this World Cup, this was this was the surprise uh, uh, album to get through. I think for me, um, it, it certainly wasn't going to feature in my my top ten. But it, you know, having having said that, you know. It's a good album, and I really like Master Race. I, I I really like the way he raps, and you know he's he's always got a really in. unique flow, got really yeah. distinctive style. Yeah, really distinctive style. But he he always sounds like it, like his voice doesn't sound different, but he sounds different on each album. He's, he's he is really capable of of, of changing his 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 uh, always whatever he's rapping about, or uh, you know I think that's why he's lasted so long. Um, and I like I like the samples again on the album. I think they're kind of it's jazzy and soulful, and it's definitely an album that's kind of grown on me the more I've kind of listened to it. Um, I, I think sadly, it, it is kind of like like the, the the subject matter isn't all completely about cars, but it's like not you know not that I don't think it's that interesting to listen to from that perspective. There's there's a there's a couple of like yeah classic tracks you know you know sitting on chrome is a classic track i think and, and born to roll that they're you know that that people are always going to kind of go they're the go-to tracks on the album and there are some other good tracks but yeah the, the, i think it's a good album but it's it's just not worthy to be competing in a world cup of uh for this quality Can it's I say like that? san marino got through Oh, it's like San Marino getting an expensive Germany, you know. This this is where Tupac should be in in place of this album. I, I can I still cannot believe the travesty of this of this this the system. Anyway, moving swiftly on, the um, uh, the Jizz album. So, you know, I kind of said earlier, right? The the Raekwon album is is one of, is my favourite album of all time. And this album is another one of my favourite albums ever. And I remember getting this for Christmas. And like, uh, like I said earlier, like we were teenagers at this time. And it's that kind of weird thing where, where my mum gave me some money to get myself a Christmas present because she never knew what I wanted. And then she'd have to wrap it up. And 
I just remember so excited. I, I, I can just vividly remember listening to this all over Christmas and and uh, and it kind of never stopped really. And it's for me, it's just another great long player, one that you just can't ever get bored of listening to all the way through. You don't kind of have to just pick a, a couple of tracks here and there. And it's it's an it's another one that kind of showcases Rizzo. I mean, this is like musically, it's so different, isn't it? From like only built for Cuban links. It's it's it, Rizzo is just just a genius, really. Um, but I think the difference from from for this album from um, Cuban links is that is that Jizza is is one of the best Wu Tang rappers. He's kind of it kind of he has a much more kind of metaphoric style, doesn't he? He's got lots lots of good punchlines. He's he's much more quotable, uh, very distinctive, very complex rapper. Um, and I don't, I think I'm the only person that thinks this, but Liquid Swords is my favourite song ever. I just love it. I, I I think it might be because of the fact that this was a time when I was really in, getting really deeply into rap, and and it's the first song on this album. But I just love the way it sounds. And I love Fourth Chamber. Uh, it's like a really like, it's got like a real rock sound to it, but it's, I still kind of love it. And Labels is just such a clever track. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, another standout for me. And it's it's a near perfect album. I think the last track, that Bible track, is the only song I've kind of not bothered about. It's kind of gets to the end and I just, no, I just, I don't want to hear that track. Just, just stop there. Uh, so, it's it's. Everyone always says that about this album, that Bible at the end. So, but I love Bible at the end. But I then. love Bible, but it's it's not a canon part of the album. It's a, it's it CD doesn't only, fit. It? it doesn't fit. It's just like it's not. It's not even a Jizzer song. Yeah. Why? Why do they but, put it on there? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So mismatch mismatch for me and a wonder, another wonderful Wu Tang album. So it's a mismatch from Steve. Larry, what are you, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, it's um, I can see like with, with Master Ace, I can see why Steve would be a bit kind of myth that it made it to the final eight. Um, it's a personal. It's got a bit of a special place, for, like for me personally. Um, but I in there instead or living proof or something like that i think um it's actually a bit of a difficult one for me to be objective about because there are two versions of the album for me there's kind of there's the one that danny tapes for me um which kind of cuts out all the tracks he considered to be the weaker ones <laughs> so it's on one side of the c90 tapes yeah. um and then there's the actual album which has got those weak tracks on there so I expect I expect Danny still considers those weak tracks to be the weak ones and the good ones to be the good ones. Um, but yeah, I've got I just got a real soft spot for the album for kind of reasons that I can't quite place. Just sort of that that kind of time in my life. Just loved listening to it. I can see why some people wouldn't be particularly bothered about it. Um, but. Yeah, just the, like the, the the kind the, the good tracks on there, the standouts for me, for example. I mean, I just love the intro. I, li I like the whole kind of idea of the album, and that intro is one of the best kind of hip hop skits ever. I think I just love how it sets the kind of tone for what the album's all about, and um, 
kind of describing how it's going to like the sound is a bit of a sort of mix it's kind of it's obviously new york it's got it has got that kind of west coast influence in some of the samples on there and like so you said the whole kind of car culture kind of thing in there as well as very west coast uh, it's a really summery album i think as well for some reason um the skits are kind of generally pretty good throughout um I don't know. Yeah, I like people in people in my hood. I love, and I've always thought that you know, there's that um, you know the uh, kind of um, Brit pop act space. Mm. Like, do you remember those? They had they had a track called Yeah, the female in my neighbourhood. Oh, okay, yeah. They came out the next year, and you cannot tell me that that wasn't a direct rip off of this track. Like, it, it just has to be. Um, so yeah, I love people in my hood. Um, Fat Cat Ride has like got one of my favourite like drum beats ever on it. It's just something I absolutely love about just the way that beat rolls. And I've just I've tried to emulate that beat before. I just, I just can't quite get it to kind of swing in that particular way. Produced um, by um, a guy called Louis Vega, uh, and I was right, the same Louis but Vega, not the it's Louis not, Vega, it's not the Louis Vega from Masters at Work. Yeah, a different one. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a bit of a funny album. Like, like, like I said, I've got, I've got a real soft spot for the tracks that I love on it, but the ones that Danny left off that recording were kind of left off for a reason, I think. Like, there's, there's quite a lot of... Do you remember what they were? Yeah, there's kind of... Um, East, like Eastbound didn't make it onto the album. Yeah. Um, the B-side did make it onto the album. That, that's a little bit weak. Um, and actually, like... The B-side, the beat on that sounds like it's kind of from the same sample as INC Ride. Yeah. I don't know if it actually is or not, but it sounds really similar, I always kind of thought. And then uh, Turn It Up didn't make it onto your version. Ain't No Game didn't make it on. Freestyle and For Damn Mind and Born to Roll all didn't make it on. So. The ones that are on there, so you've got the intro, you've got INC Ride, What's Going On, which is great, The Beast Side, Sitting on Chrome, People in My Hood, Can't Find Me, Terror, The Answer, Fat Cat Ride. They're just all absolute classics. I just, I love all yeah. of those. They are brilliant. So if the whole album was as good as that, it would kind of, it would be an all-timer. But I can I can see that it made it onto this list on a bit of a kind of technicality. Yeah, and what about what about Jizza? What are your thoughts on Jizza? Yeah, Jizza, like like Steve, this is like a very special album for me. Uh, one that I kind of obsess over quite a bit. I think sort of every year or so, Danny, I'll kind of send you a random message about this album, just saying how about that? Yeah, that album is yeah. so incredible. Um, I think it's undoubtedly for me the best Wu Tang album. Um, it's not too long, like the Raekwon or Ghostface albums. There are no weak tracks whatsoever. I think uh, like Jizz uh, is an impeccable rapper. I think a lot of rappers would have him in their top five. Um, he just sounds kind of really authoritative to me, like hence like the genius name. Um, um, yeah, it's incredible sort of how Wu-Tang had so many good rappers that all sounded unique. It's like just such an incredible thing for that to kind of, for them all to find each other. Uh, but he's just the kind of uh, the best one. 
just comparing it to like DJ Quick, which I kind of said was like for me the quintessential summer album. Like this album just sounds like winter to me. It's just such a cold, desolate kind of dark album. I don't really like listening to it like, outside of like autumn and winter. It just fits that mood. Like the, being out, walking in the cold, listening on your headphones. This, this is perfect for that. Um, I just lo- like the like the skits on this are incredible. Like the intro about like you know the shogun and the, the decapitator. Like it really sets like the story for the like the mood of the album, and then it's bookended at the end with that skit bit of movie dialogue about having one's throat cut. <laughs> yeah. And it's sounding like waving winter wind. I, I, I just love that. And all the little kind of bits in between about, um, you know, that was the night everything changed and, you know, bad dreams were only dreams. All, all that kind of stuff is great. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a cinematic album, basically. And like those kind of skits only just go to serve that theme. Um, just some of the kind of, lyrics in there like you know picture bloodbaths and elevator shafts like really just really descriptive um kind of almost like a a horror element to the album and one thing that's always really impressed me about rizza is that he can he can take like he he can take like soul samples and make them sound like they come from like a horror film or something like i think until i up until the point where I started kind of realizing that, like, where he sampled from, I, I, I thought that he sampled from films a lot more, like, not just the dialogue, but the music. Um, there's obviously the kind of the usual kind of like impenetrable slang that the Wu Tang rappers tend to use. Now, I don't really know what he's going on about for most of the album, but. It just doesn't matter at all. Like there are just so many quotable lines on this. Like so many, so many things, so many lines that just occur to me on a random basis. Like on a day, almost day-to-day basis. Like little lines from this just pop into my head. Um, yeah. So the rapping's great. Musically, I just think it's definitely the best Wu Tang album. Um, there are so many kind of great little production details in there like on gold like the beat the beat stops and then restarts itself at the beginning and then there's, a, there's another bit with like the tambourine at the beginning of the track that just kind of comes in stops and then starts again just little things that like people like us like that are obsessed about these things notice that Rizzo just didn't need to put in there but just did it because I, I guess he cares and um yeah, just every track's an absolute winner. There's no, there's nothing weak on there. Um, like Fourth Chamber is one of like the maddest tracks ever. Like I just distinctly remember hearing that synth line for the first time ever, and just um, being kind of there's no sort of precedent for that kind of sound. I remember like Hip Hop Connection at the time said it was something like it was like a parody of like the West Coast kind of like Moog top lines that they had and that's always kind of stuck with me so yeah I just it's yeah just perfect like Riz is one of the unique most unique producers ever and this is his best work so yeah I loved how they combined um, I loved how they combined Fourth Chamber and Shadow Boxing for the uh, for for the video yeah that was Mm. was really clever yeah I I kind of would echo a lot of what you just said said Larry yeah and we've got to move this along so let's I won't spend too long on this but um, you know 
I, th- I think this is a real mismatch, uh, you know, in terms of these two are yeah. beating against each other. I think what's happened here is that me, me and Larry love Master Race a lot and we voted for it. And it's got in because we both voted for it, but really it's it, there's no comparison really between Master Race and any of these albums. I mean, it's it's a it's a really really good album. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it. It's got a real special place in my heart. But um, I just I think in terms of this matchup, I think there was only one clear winner. But let's talk about it anyway. I think Master Race has got a really kind of smooth commercial sound to it. It's a very West Coast sound, like you said, Larry. Very West Coast. I think he was under pressure after the Slaughterhouse album to come up with something that was a bit more commercial. And because I think Delicious Vinyl, I think they wanted him to sales of the first album were particularly great or something along those lines and he right. he felt like under pressure to, to create something that was a bit more commercial a bit more sort of west coast sounding he wanted to appeal to the you know the people who bumped this in the jeeps and stuff like that so which explains where it went happily that really speaks to me that sort of sound because it you know i love that smoother sound i love that jazzy sound so um i, I that's why i always immediately gravitated towards this album great beats I mean, the rapping's all right. I love Master Race's flow, but you know, Lord Digger on it and the other ones, what's what she called, Paula? Paula Perry. Paula Perry. You know, they're, they're all right. They, they add to it. It's like a little click and you, got from, you get used to those voices kind of popping in and out on the tunes. And I think it all works within the context of this album, but I'd say that, the, you know, the lyrics aren't particularly great. I mean, Master Race's verses work for the sort of music and what he's trying to achieve with it. So, um, but you know, generally, I, I love this album. I think I think that tape that I did for you now is a very good representation of, of the best tracks on this album that I love. Um, you know, what's going on? People in my hood. People in my hood is such an interesting tune. Not only is the beat brilliant, but you really invested in the story he's trying to tell with it. Like you totally, yeah. It's it's just a really clever piece of storytelling. Um, Terror, I love. I love the sample on that Eric Gale sample. Um, and and to answer, it's just. I would always put that on my mixtapes. Just used to love that track so much. Um, I think there's so many really good tracks dotted through this album, but as you deduced from my editing process for your tape, I think there's probably too many that I didn't like. Like for instance, I, I never liked the title track sitting on Chrome. I didn't like the you know appropriation of that buzzy bassline um, sound. I didn't like Born to Roll for the same reason. It was just that the bassline didn't really speak to me. Um, and uh, but yeah, Fat Cat Ride, I, I loved as well. I think, yeah, Fat Cat Ride is like a remix of, no, I think the INC Ride track too, I think that's that's like a more commercial sounding remix. I think Fat Cat Ride was what it was originally sound, supposed to sound like. I've heard interviews with Master Race recently. Right. Ended up on the album. But one's a remix of the other. And I think the Fat Cat Ride is the one that he loves. Yeah, yeah that should be, I've always thought that yeah. just should be on there as the, yeah. the main version. Yeah, but the IC one, I think, was a bit more of a sort of like uh, poppy thing. They put the IC Brothers sample on there, made it a bit more commercial and had a bit more sort of mass appeal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do love this album, um, but it's got more of a personal connection to me than it being a, like a stone cold, amazing album. Um, yeah. I think, I think the way it's regarded within hip hop circles certainly reflects that. I think it's not considered a classic. Um, you know, in the hip hop world at large. And I think he recognises that as well in some of the interviews I've heard. So, you know, love it, but I don't think there's any contest with me. I mean, I, I love I love the Jizz's album. It's my favourite Wu-Tang album. Jizz is my favourite member of the Wu-Tang. He's got the best voice. Um, favourite rapper from, from the Wu-Tang clan. Um, I just absolutely love this album. Um, I said I wasn't a Wu-Tang guy, but this is the one that broke through to me. And this is the one that really made me go, yeah, I mean, Miz is really, really good. Um, 
too many good tracks to to name really a fourth chamber is incredible uh, i love some of the verses on that and that synth just is really 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 special um i can't remember who it is who's, who's the one that goes i judge wisely as if never never surprised me lounging between two pillars of ivory i love that yeah i think it's off that track basically capadonna respect the deck um memorable quotable lyrics um uh yeah and, and just throughout this album i love it because it's like really as you say no it's a, it's a wintry album it's very it's scary it's like this really yeah not, not just the movie samples but in terms of the sample choices and you know the, the beats it's very wintry very cold very scary creepy creepy but suits the mood of the album very well um sounds like there's like malfunctioning equipment on it yeah something. yeah just all the way through and tracks drop in and out and and like labels is great but have you ever considered how simple that track is or simple the beat is it's very you know it's not simple like we could do it but like it's just it's stabs and it's stuck in it's hardly any like, percussion in there it's just really really impressively sparse but it just works um, no, I, I i i was thinking of this earlier and i think just like that the actual drum beat is so simple yeah but you or i couldn't do it no no. Like you can't quite get that swing in it, and it wouldn't surprise me if he played the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. throughout it, it's just yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, this is my favorite Wu Tang album. Uh, I think there's a, a, the Slept On track. I was, this might be one of you probably one of your weaker ones, but I love Investigative Reports. I think that's a really good. I love the sample on it, the little strings that work on that. When that one comes in, I shadow box in. I just, I, I just think it's a weak track. I, I even like Bible at the end. I just, this is, yeah. yeah, this is a really, really, really good album. And I just don't think there's any like contest with this. We might as well not dwell on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's just put put it out of its misery and let's vote. Um, so, uh, Steve, what are you going for? Uh, before I before I tell you the jizz is the uh, the winner, I, I I always remember. Um, Listening to the Cold World remix in your car, your your oh, yeah. mini your mini Metro, whatever it was, and uh, that was uh, yeah. that's, a, that's, I had that's on, good, yeah, it's a good remix. That was the CD single. Yeah, it's good, and it was Killer Priest who does does the uh, second verse and fourth chamber. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. Just love that. That's one of the things I always remember about that track. Right, so, so uh, Jizza yeah. all day. Okay, Larry. Yeah, Jizza. Yeah, Jizza for me too. All right, so there's your semi-final lineup complete. Jizza, Smith and Wesson, Big L, and Raekwon. So uh, there we go. Wow. Semi-final. Okay, you join us back here at the Hip Hop World Cup uh, in our special state-of-the-art studio uh, positioned 50 feet above the American Art Stadium in Brazil. Um, we've got uh, our semi-final lineup now is uh, Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links, Big L's Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, Smith & Wesson's The Shining, and Jizz's Liquid Swords. I mean, this is a real heavyweight semi-final lineup. I honestly can't call this one. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this, Steve? I mean, this is huge, isn't it? Oh, oh well, I really hope the two Wu Tang albums avoid each other in the semi final. That that would be that would be uh, a little bit irritating. Yeah. Um, 
be bad for the competition. But, you know, yeah, bad for the competition. Bad for the competition, but you know that's that's also the beauty of it. And what about you, Larry? How are you how are you uh, how are you feeling about this semi final? I'm just. I mean, I'm I'm a bit sad, but quick. The DJ Quick got knocked out in the first round. To be honest, I was really hoping he would kind of make it through. Yeah, the, the, yeah, there's nothing headaches going into this one. It is going to be tough. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, before, oh, just a reminder, we've got um, a very special guest lined up, as we say, um, just after the final to give his thoughts. Seth Blatter, ex-FIFA president. Um, I think that's just about sorted. Um, so we'll, we'll look forward to that. But let's hand over to the studio now. Um, and Steve and Jeff, let's get, let's get uh, the next match on. We'll go. Okay. Here we go. First one out. I'm fixing this. What's Jeff doing? Three qu- <laughs> Jeff Jeff has handed me uh, Cuban links. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. And against that, it's going to be two pack. Me against the world. Late entrant. <laughs> <laughs> Corruption. Actually, it's my worst nightmare. It's the Jizzer, the genius. Oh, no. It's the Wixang lineup. The matchup wow. we, we feared would happen. The sponsors will be loving it, but that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be tricky. Uh, first semi final is the one we all feared. It's uh, Jizzer versus Raekwon. Um, perhaps two of the most iconic Wu Tang albums released. So, this is a, another heavyweight one. A big gun's going out. So, um, let's see how this one goes. Larry, you're up first on this. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it shouldn't come as too much as a surprise, given what I've kind of already said. I'm just, you know, I'm pretty obsessed with, with the Jizzle album. Um, Raekwon, just not so much, really. Um, and yeah, I'm not, not sure kind of what much more to say, really, about that. I think, um, yeah. They're, they're how do they look, how do they compare, um, like? Well, I don't know, like, they're, they're just, they, they are, that, that is a thing about RZA is that he he has a he's got a very distinctive style but it does differ slightly from album to album um like odb is just a very dirty sloppy kind of sounding album um method man's album is really kind of sounds really kind of stoned kind of trip hop almost um, Ghostface kind of got more sort of um, just like soul samples and like singing in it and stuff like that. Jizza just sounds, as we said, like kind of quite scary and creepy. And this one is just um, just the weak one of the batch for me. There's just too much, too many kind of so-so tracks on there that I just can't really get with. There's like like Heaven and Hell and North Star are both both use absolutely incredible samples. Um, ice cream, just filthy lyrics, love it. Um, glasses of ice, brilliant. But yeah, just too many, too many kind of plain sparse, just too sparse for me, I think, really. So, Steve, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, no, it's me, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, in terms of this matchup, I mean, this is really difficult. Um, but I, th- I think. I mean, it's difficult that one of these albums has to go out because I know how well regarded they are in the, you know, in the world of hip hop. But I think for me, it's quite easy in that, um, you know, Jizza is is my favourite Wu Tang album, as I've said. Um, I like Raekwon a lot, but I just think, yeah, there's too many weak weak points. I think there's too many weak tracks. Um, for me, 
I just think um, there's something about the digital album. It's really like sonically pleasing as well. A lot of the, the tracks they have a real. It's more cohesive. It's, it almost feels like Jizz is not really experimenting as much as he normally does. I think a lot of these are just really appealing on the ear. I know it's like quite a scary album, quite a cold album, but I think a lot of the tracks they just really like appeal to my ear, my sensibilities. Um, yeah. I think that's why I like it so much. I just think it all meshes together cohesively in a much more pleasing way than Raekwon does. And um, yeah, I don't think there's any real contest for me. I think Jizz is going to get my vote on this one too. So yeah, so that leaves you, Steve. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching, isn't it? Because I, I love both these albums. Um, but as, as I said earlier, the uh, the Raekwon album is is my favourite album ever, and I I just I just love listening to it. And I, I uh, you know, Rizzo is he is a genius, isn't he? Because he, he's he's just able to take or to think to, to produce so many great tracks and then actually choose. The Wu Tang rappers that he thinks is, you know, is going to fit best with the tracks that he's producing. I mean, that in itself is is quite a skill, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, he was so original as well. Like when, like when he came out, like there's no antecedent to his style at all. Like no one said, like he he just brought a completely unique new style to rap. I think. And and like what yeah. what I really like about Liquid Swords. It's when he really starts to sound cinematic, and you can tell, like his, like he went on to, you know, score films later on, and this to me is where that kind of starts. You can just hear the kind of, it's just more musically complex than all of his other albums. Like some of them, some of them actually are quite complicated, like the way the samples are locked together. It almost kind of bomb squaddy. Some of them. Mm. Um, yeah. And he just the way he flips some of the samples on um, on um, I was trying to think which one it is exactly, but it's got that kind of um, like Killer Hills 10304. It's got that kind of stabby synth that yeah. goes up and down. That's really cinematic, really unique, um, and yeah, just another one where he just chops up a tiny little bit of horn, rearranges it into a into a loop it's uh, yeah, a bit useless if I can't come up with the one that it kind of actually is I think it might be um, yeah I got, I got your back mm. actually he uses I think it's a single horn stab from um, whatever that sample is I can't remember off the top of my head now and just re kind of um, programs it into a completely new loop it's just yeah Really, really yeah, he's really clever. He's got a real mastery of sampling and a real mastery of production style. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did, I did, You've got... Sorry, Danny, go on. No, I was just going to say, sometimes I think he he tries to be a bit maverick for the sake of it. I think sometimes you can hear him just sort of deliberately kind of, well, that's not going to sound right there, so I'm going to throw that in. Well, I'm just going to make you... I think he's always trying to keep you on your toes, and I think, but just in time, I think sometimes he's a little bit self-indulgent. Um, but you, you can't argue. Like I totally agree with you that it's, it, like the cinematic quality of the Jizzer album, I think is, you know, really, really cinematic. It really paints a picture for you. You can really see the visuals. Yeah, you, you really can. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I just think it's all round of a much better album than, than the Raycon one. It doesn't quite. I think it's, it's peak, peak Rizzo, whereas Raycon. Doesn't quite hit the spot. Like the thing with the thing with Raycon as well, like as impenetrable as some of the kind of lyrics are, just the, the fact that it's all just 
the whole thing just revolves around like like being a cocaine dealer. Yeah. Like I just like that that, that whole thing just bugs me a bit. How hip hop kind of became obsessed yeah. with making albums about that, and this is the kind of first the first one and all of that really. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah that's the other thing like you mentioned. I just I often don't have a clue what they're going on about. Um, it's it's kind of like Cool G Rap was like the, the the beginning of this kind of like mafiosa stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Raekwon has kind yeah. of like na- nailed it. In terms yeah. Of, he really ran with it, didn't he? Yeah. He really did. But like going going back to what you you two were saying a moment ago, I think when you think about like if you take a step back and look at all the albums this year, the, the best ones are the ones that are kind of the more raw and rugged ones. Like I don't know even if they're like the more I don't know if you, if you would even say this anymore, like the more kind of like hardcore sounds. But the, the the Rizzer albums are like on a different level, I think. Yeah. They're just so much more complex and clever and refined. They don't and sample are... the same material. Like he came, like he's one of those producers. Like Dr. Dre owes a lot of his career to like Parliament Funkadelic and sampling yeah. those things. And uh, Rizzer is another one who kind of has a particular kind of soul some like you know soul catalog that he that he draws from but just really like if you were to use similar samples you you would just be ripping off rizza whereas with most jazz samples and soul samples you can use them and just sound like another hip-hop producer yeah that's a good point um okay so that's it then we've got our first semi-final winner is um jizza uh, much to see Steve's disappointment. Uh, it's a vote of two to one for Jizza. So yeah, that's our first finalist. Um, so just a formality now, uh, Steve and uh, Jeff, if he's still there, I can't see him um, in the studio. Yeah, he's, 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 he's put his clothes back on. He's, he's still there. Clothes back on. Cool. So yeah, if he could just um, make it official and uh, get the last two balls out of the bag. Yep. Uh, it's uh, The Shining. Versus lifestyles of the poor and dangerous. So yeah, another big East Coast is very East Coast influenced this um, yeah this semi final lineup, but uh, another big one. Uh, right, where are we going first with this one? This me first on this one. So uh, I think you know based on my previous uh, comments about these two albums, I think it shouldn't be any surprise which one I go for. But um, just just sort of comparing them side by side, I think. Um, I think Big L's a lot more fun. Obviously, Big L's a, he's, a, he's a funnier rapper. He's, he, he plays with words a lot more. Um, I think you know, obviously, as I said, he's, he's the master of similes and metaphors. And I just think it's sort of a more uh, a more fun album. It's probably more a little bit, perhaps more enjoyable to listen to. Um, you know, a bit more upbeat. But um, I think in terms of the matchup, I mean, when you're coming up against Smith & Weston, which is one of the albums in my top 10 of all time, of hip-hop albums of all time, um, there aren't enough good tracks on Big L to even come close to Smith & Weston. I just think Smith & Weston is one of those albums that I can put on from start to finish, no bad tracks, um, like runs of incredible tunes uh, with such good samples. Um, you know, and some of the samples, having learnt what they are, are now a lot of my favourite jazz and soul tracks that I just love listening to because this album introduced me to them and used them in such a good way. Um, the beats were phenomenal. Uh, the interplay between Tech and Steel is just, just amazing. Uh, I don't really think there's any contest. As good as Big L is, and as much as I love put it on, I think I'm, you know, I think my, my, um, 
sort of allegiance is clear on this one. Uh, so let's move on to Steve. What are your thoughts on this semi-final? Oh, yeah, crikey, it's, it's just such a hard one, isn't it? Um, we're in such a lucky position, aren't we? We're seeing semi-final between like two contrasting albums, but two amazing albums. Like just, but in hip hop, you get you get these big rappers, don't you? Like Big L, that are just they can do it all. Just sounds amazing. Punchlines, like Larry said in the first round. One of just a kind. Flows so so fantastically. One, yeah, almost one of a kind. You know, would you know if he'd lived longer, he might be saying one of the greatest rappers of all time. Um, and then you contrast that with Smith and Wesson, and the, just the sound of the album is just like I said earlier. It's just personally, it's just I just love the sound of the album. Um, and we're so lucky, I guess, in hip hop to get such such a variety. So it's really close to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll save I'll save my selection for for a moment. Okay, well let's uh, let's go to you then, Larry. What what are we what are we saying? Um, so yeah, this is a really this is a really tough matchup for me. I think I know who's going to just that edge it. Um, yeah, um, I think for me, probably what makes it difficult is that I think um, Big L has the better lyrics. He's the better like it, lyrically, his is the better album. Um, but musically, I do prefer. Um, Smith and Wesson, just because it's a more cohesive sound to it all. Um, I think the one thing that always has disappointed me a little bit, actually, about Smith and Wesson mm. is the um, the sound quality on The Shining is that I mean, it just sounds a little bit thin. It's not quite as thick as like Enter the Stages. Um, it's kind of it's a bit more. It's a bit bit a bit too clean for how it should sound if that makes sense like it's, it's, it's a really kind of dirty so you want it you want album. it more grimy yeah you think it could be grimier I don't blame them for wanting to kind of wanting it to sound better but I think yeah. it would just lend itself to be a bit more kind of degraded yeah um, but it, it, that's a minor kind of thing really maybe they um, use they use the enter the stage yeah, money to get I some think, new equipment um, that's probably yeah exactly um so yeah i think weighing it all up i think it's not a, it's not a massive massively wide kind of difference it's quite narrow but i think i'm gonna have to go for smith and wesson just because of how kind of influential it is on me i think okay well that's a done deal then for the final but steve let's just make it official what are you going for yeah, well, I, you know, I think Larry, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Particularly, like, you know, lyrically, Big L, fantastic, but the, you, you can't beat, you know, how Sean sounds. So, Smith and Wesson for me. Okay, well, this is this is monumental. We have uh, we have our final lineup um, after a very tough, brutal semi-final um, with uh, two of the best Wu Tang albums of all time going head to head. Uh, and then we have Big L versus Smith & Wesson. Our final is going to be uh, Jizz's Liquid Swords versus Smith & Wesson's The Shining. So, um, so uh, we'll be back after these messages.
Okay, you join us here, uh, pitch side at the Maracanã in Brazil. Um, we were gathered here with a hundred thousand spectators gathered to hear three forty-something-year-old men talk about hip hop, which is quite an incredible. Um, so don't forget, we've got um, ex-FIFA president Seth Blatter lined up to talk about uh, the outcome of the Hip Hop World Cup final, which we're about to see played out between Smith and Wesson's The Shining and Jizz's Liquid Swords. I mean, fellas, this is. This is heavyweight stuff. I mean, Steve, what are your thoughts going into this uh, clash of the titans? Well, I, I definitely expected Liquid Swords to get to the final. That was they were, they were, that was always going to kind of happen. Uh, but uh, Smith and Wesson, I, I'm I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm surprised to see them in the final, but I, I kind of never pictured them getting this far. So it's, this is a kind of like a, 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 it's, it's great it's great for them to have got so far. I did. Um, did you? Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely, yeah, that it's definitely a really, really great album. That's why it's got so far. Yeah. And it probably does deserve to get more kind of recognition than it does. Definitely. And Larry, what are your thoughts on this final before we go into it? Well, if I Yeah, this is kind of probably the closest matchup like I've ever had on the old True Score system. Um, one of these albums scores a 4.3 on the scale. And the other one scores 4.31. What? There's literally a 0.01 point in it. Too, like, too close to call. There's the smoke coming out of the machine. That's phenomenal. <laughs> but it's, it's great to know it's been calibrated to such an accurate sort of level. Well, that just goes to show kind of how accurate it is. But yeah, it's black, acrid smoke filling filling the room, unfortunately. And, and has it got all paper flying out the side of it as well? Like, like you know, hey, like, t- yeah, take a tape kind of coming out yeah, everywhere. The holes yeah, in the sides, yeah. Leaping and yeah, the, like the LED readout just doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. Larry, yeah. that's 0.03% difference. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that's mental. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I honestly don't know which way this is going to go. Um, I do in my own head, but I don't know how you two are going to go. This is this is like this is what you watch World Cup hip hop, World Cup football for, isn't it? This is the, the it's these moments that make it all worthwhile. And this is the moments the team stream for as well, Danny. Exactly. Anyway, right. Without further ado, should we get into the match? This is the World Cup final, Hip Hop World Cup 1995. Steve, you're up first. Let's go. Okay, well, you know, we've talked about the albums, haven't we? So we know what they're all about. Uh, this is this is a half. It has to come down to kind of personal taste here. Uh, so, The Shining is is a really great album and uh, uh, has lots of great tracks. Sounds absolutely fantastic. But Liquid Swords is on another level, and it's just it's just too powerful to to, to kind of be beaten by Smith and Wesson. And and I I am. I love the Wu Tang. I love Jizza. I love I love, uh, I love RZA. So there's definitely kind of a big personal angle here. So uh, yeah, Liquid Swords gets my vote. Liquid Swords. That's one vote for Liquid Swords. Larry, where are you going with it? The ten- you, I mean, you can cut the tension with a knife. Not yeah, me. I mean, just going back, going back to the older scoring system here. The I think ultimately the one that received the slightly better score isn't the one that I'm going to pick. That's controversial. Um, Yeah, I think because it's so tight, I think, you know, Stewart's Inquiry and, um, yeah, 
consulting with the with, with the with the the fourth official. I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I love I love The Shining so much, but um, Liquid Swords is just a weightier, kind of more significant, um, cohesive. I mean, they're both both very cohesive albums, but Liquid Swords especially, I just I have so much affection for it. Um, if I could, you know, if I could only ever listen to one again, it, it just would have to be Liquid Swords. So that, that, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Ah. Oh, okay. Lads, well, I mean, this is you know, two nil up, 90, 90 minutes on the clock, and I'm going to swoop right in there with a consolation goal. I'm going to go for Smith and Wesson for my vote. Um, wow. wow. Wow, that's look, 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 let me let me break it down. Let me break it down. For me, it was all about what I listened to most back in the day. Okay, and for me, Smith and Wesson was the one was the album I would play relentlessly. I dip into Liquid Source. Don't get me wrong, and I loved it to bits. But I think when it came to it, it had the Smith and Wesson had the more play. I, I, it spoke to me on a different level, on a deeper level. I liked the, the style of production more than I did the Jizzer. Um, the ones I loved on Smith & Wesson, I loved far more than the ones on Jizza. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, it's always had a, a, a bigger place in my heart, Smith & Wesson. So I'm going to show it some love. I'm going to give it a consolation goal. I'm going to give it my vote. But unfortunately, it doesn't affect the result. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's Jizza Zipgood Swords has won the World Hip Hop World Cup final for 1995. Uh, I'm, I'm so what, pleased. What are your thoughts? Yeah. For the first time, an album that I actually wanted to win the World Cup has, has won the World Cup. So, uh, so that's that's brilliant. Thank, thank you, Larry. That's 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 down to uh, a slight recalibration of True Scores. Uh, true yeah. Score. Dan, I'm gonna say it's quite controversial. You know, uh, bucking of the True Score trend. Um, I wonder you know, if yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Going I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't always necessarily completely stick to what the score says. Like that's just you know that's the head. You got. You got to go with the heart sometimes. Absolutely. So there we go. There's your winner. Just a liquid swords. And... I, I, just, I just for me. I, just, I would have loved to. Like my final for this that I anticipated was liquid swords versus DJ Quick. That's what I would. Have, I'd have loved that, and that would have been a such, That would have been an even more difficult task yeah. than, than this yeah. one was. No, it would have been a massive, massive um, task. But you know, um, Gizzard's Liquid Swords has won the contest and if there's one man <laughs> winning uh, contests or staging them at least, it's um, ex-FIFA president Sepp Blatter who joins us on the line now from his home in Zurich. Um, Sepp, look, it's, a, it's been an incredible uh, competition. 1995 was a very strong year for hip-hop, really. Um, and I know you're a big hip hop fan. Um, listen, what do you what do you think about this? Uh, the outcome, your Jesus Liquid Swords was the ultimate winner. What, what are your thoughts? Hello, Seth. <laughs> Seth, are you there? <laughs> Hello. Oh, that's this hard. A few problems with the line. Um, to Seth. I think he I think he was a Raekwon fan. Yeah, but yeah, he, he might well have been might have hung up. Oh, that's a blow. I've been working on that for quite a while. All right, well, never mind. Um, we'll, we'll try and get him back for the next show and try and talk about the next um, the next winner of the Hip Hop World Cup. Uh, but for now, yeah, I mean, that's it. There's not, not a lot more to say. Uh, Jizz's Liquid Swords was a 1995 winner. That'll go through to the, uh, the Super Cup. 
Um, all that's left to do is to say, uh, if you want to give your opinion on this, um, follow us on Twitter on at Hip Hop World Cup and on Instagram at the same, at Hip Hop World Cup. And uh, we'll see you again soon for another, for another episode. Cheers. Hey,